Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Keith here and got Chris and that dick's on with us. We got the what gang up, back there. We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission from Gad. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, yeah, we we had a good weekend. Uh, Chris and I did a little three round tournament in Georgia. Uh, Dixon, you've been playing a crap ton of vass- or, uh, vassal. Yep, buy you pretty much once or twice every day. At the very least, heart- stealing my heart, Dixon. Oh my god, dude, swine curse are so fucking good. They're so yeah. good. <laughs> I'm definitely missing them. I haven't tried them since they got changed, and I know they're good. I started doing better with Ulex the moment that I swapped from old major to um what's his face? Uh, the Arimantian boar. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, and a lot of Bayou players are like, you're not bringing old major. Blast I mean, theme. Old major is phenomenal. He's slow. I mean, and well, I mean, he's, he's got 10 points. That's the big issue. That's, the big issue yeah. is he's 10 points and, and he's very card hungry. Like, is he amazing and yeah. what he brings is powerful? Hell yeah. He's a hungry he's boy. Too many resources. Yeah. I can, I, and we'll talk about him a little bit more probably when we get into the Bayou, but we're going to, we're going to be talking about this crazy world that all three of us are in because all three of us are pretty much playing whole new factions that we've been enjoying for like the last couple months. So we'll <laughs> we'll talk about the tournament Chris and I went to, just how we felt playing these new factions. Uh, we'll get into what crews we've been liking and then what we're planning on moving towards trying out because uh, that's the great thing when you get into these new factions. I think, if, especially if you're a new player, you might like this episode because I think the way that we approach the game when we get into a new faction is healthy for for people to kind of think about like yeah this is probably how i want to approach getting into a new faction because some people i don't know they try to play every master in the first like dozen games that they play with a a new faction and that's probably the wrong in my way the wrong my opinion the wrong way to go about it but uh before we get into it though i do want to mention that we have a couple things coming up here uh definitely check us out on twitter instagram we got the discord channel Got the YouTube's channel, which is provocatively close to getting to that 500 mark where we can finally give away the free box. I think we only got like 25 subs we need now. So, oh my God. yep, about to pitch, about to put out a new uh, a free box to somebody. Oh, that's really close. Yeah, so make sure that you guys are subscribing to the channel. That way we can give that away. Uh, and there's a ton of title boxes coming out. I mean, if you haven't looked on Weird Site on the upcoming releases... I mean, there's a bunch coming out this month, got a bunch coming out in like May and June. July is a big month, I think. So a lot of these really cool masters are, are coming out. I already have four of them ordered myself. Um, one of them is Bayou. The other three are Outcast. <laughs> oh, Outcast, I love them. So, 
Yeah, and then finally, if you want to support us directly, make sure that you check us out at patreon.com slash ragequitwire where you can support us for as little as a dollar. We do have a new goal on there. I am going to stretch us out. We have been putting about out uh, about a video a month, sometimes two, depending on the month. If we can get up to 50 patrons, though, right now we're somewhere around 26, 27. But if we get up to 50 patrons, we're going to start putting out weekly video content. So that'll be something else for uh, for Pete to do on the editing end. So, But, hey, if we get that many patrons, I'll work my ass off. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's get into this thing. So, Chris, we ended up going to a tournament at Gigabytes in uh, the Marietta, Atlanta, Georgia region, which I always love going to Gigabytes. They got a great store there. If you're ever visiting Atlanta, even if you got to drive like 30 minutes from the city to Marietta to get there, Gigabytes is just a supreme store that you can get beer there. They got food you can get there, plenty of table space. Uh, they even put the card flippers on the other side of the store so you don't have to rub butts with them. So I'm a big fan of that. But uh, always fun to go there. And I will say, Chris, and I already have my tickets. Hopefully you uh, you also got yours. And um, what is that? Memorial Day weekend. They have a two-day tournament in Atlanta. So it's kind of, I don't know if you want to call it like a mini GT, but we're definitely going to be there. I know the Atlanta people are going to be coming out for that, trying to get some of the North Carolina people in. I'm even trying to rope a couple of people I know from Texas to come in. It's a hub airport. So even if you're from out of state, really easy to get to. There's enough of us there where if you're just like, hey, Pete, can you pick me up at the airport and drop me off at the hotel? I'd probably be willing to do that. Okay, maybe not for everybody, but maybe one. um yeah just check it out if you can go to that we'd love to have more people uh playing in that event so it's a two-day tournament always fun to have and it's at gigabyte so you'd be going to a good shop too lots of gaming product there so please come out if you can but at this little eight-man tournament well actually it ended up being six because they had a couple people drop but it was weird because it was this weird kind of easter egg where it was a mix of like gaining ground zero, one, and two. So it had some of the old strats. The first round was reckoning. The next one was recover evidence. And then finally it was symbols of authority. And then it had a mix of schemes that were from the different seasons. So it was cool because we got to see, and Chris got to play some he never got to see of the strats and schemes. But then it, it kind of was a pain in the ass though, because you got one random scheme. So you had to pick out of this Easter egg basket and you opened up your egg and it was a random scheme. So we'll talk a little bit about that because it made some of the games challenging and I had to take some schemes that I didn't like. I don't know if that happened to you, Chris, but I definitely got some duds on my end. Absolutely, it happened to me. I mean, what? how could it not? I mean, you know, can't get lucky three times in a row. Yeah, right. So we'll kind of just talk about it real quick, mainly because, Chris, this was your first tournament with Neverborn. It was my first one with Outcasts. So we'll kind of talk about how what we dropped as far as Masters and how we felt playing it. So this first round was definitely uh, definitely interesting. Manamana. Manamana. You know, the funny thing is, something that I love is right after you guys t- finish the tournament, Chris sends me a message. All right, sell me on this Titania model. What is <laughs> what is cool about her? He send me some list. So, yeah, the tournament. <laughs> so the first round was standard. It was Reckoning. So those of you that haven't played Reckoning before, basically you get a victory point when you kill something a turn. 
the next turn you have to kill two things then you'll get the next victory point turn three you have to kill three things you get next victory point um but henchman count is two masters count is three so it, it and dixon you can speak to this just like i can that was a pain in the ass one because you saw a ton of elite crews during gaining ground zero for that yes one. god yes so six, that six model crews with yeah. nine soul stones working just like everywhere just bashing it out yeah uh so the strat or the schemes were deliver a message sabotage research mission detonate charges and outflank so i don't know chris just tell what he took here in a second i ended up taking von schill too uh, just because von schill's crew just seems like the epitome of i'm not going to die very easy so i ended up bringing him i had to bring uh let's see here that one i had to bring outflank which is the one i definitely didn't want with von schill's crew and you had to i had to i had to do outflank so i was negative two points okay <laughs> i did get one i managed one but i'll explain why here in a minute nice. and then i think the second one i ended up getting was research mission because it's pretty easy with von schill yeah um so chris what about you what did you try bringing with your nevermoreness uh, round one, I went ahead and dropped uh, dropped Barkus into um, what was Brandon playing? I don't even remember. Bayou is Rida. Into Bayou is Rida. Yep. Yeah, and what were the two schemes? Well, what was the scheme you had to take, and what's the one you chose? That's what I'm trying to find right now. I mean, Barkus in there we go. Yeah, into Bayou is a really, really strong match for you. Uh, yeah, and I. Should have had it, but he. Well, we'll get into the games in a second. The one that I had to, um, that I had to take was research mission. Is that hard with Marcus? No. I mean, his crew. I mean, it's not hard, but his crew doesn't want to focus on trying to get markers. Yeah, out. you want to try to kill stuff, right? His crew's all about, you know, trying to it, trying to outmaneuver and kill. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, what fair. was the other one you chose then? I chose deliver a message because I knew that I'd be getting uh, over into his side of the board. Fair, which was where so, his rider was going to be. I mean, I have a lot of leaps and a lot of maneuverability. So, yeah, and it's one of those things where uh, it definitely. <laughs> I felt bad because I went into against Misaki. Brian's a super casual player, but he's awesome to play against. Um, so I think he just goes into the tournament saying, "I'm just going to play this master." But Von Schill is seems like a terrible matchup for um, for Masaki because Masaki puts down all these shadow markers, and Von Schill can just use bloat to hell with the rocket launcher upgrade, yeah, um, just to get rid of him. And and I did that. He would he would do his little. I'm going to put two down, and my first activation be like, okay, well, guess I'm going to send a rocket that way to bloat to hell, and it really made it where Masaki couldn't pop up anywhere relevant. Um, not only that. The ones that I didn't um, didn't pick up, I had gravity well with Eric, so I'd put Eric like right next to a couple of them, so that way he can pop up that way. So it just it was a terrible matchup for him. Um, even though I mean, because reckoning is a tough tough one to get more than two victory points on usually, and I had outflank, I ended ended up only scoring five, so I think it was five to two, um, just because I only got two of the reckoning points, but. It was it was pretty bad for him. Von Schill two. I ended up getting pretty much close to his deployment zone. Turn one, I ended up attacking and killing a couple of samurai, and uh, yeah, Von Schill just did work. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, my uh, 
let's just say before we get into Chris's that by turn five, I felt bad for Brian because all he had left was Misagi. <laughs> Such an ass beat. I apologize, Brian. <laughs> Super casual guy. We just want to go have fun. Super casual guy. Wham! Beat, bullied him and beat him up. Uh, it is a tournament. Come on now. No, no, I know. And that's actually something that I fall into quite a bit is in tournaments, I'll just kind of play like I'm playing casual. If you know, I'm playing against a newer guy and then all of a sudden I'll lose and I'll be like, oh, what what happened? I should guess I, I should have taken that more seriously. I probably should have taken that more seriously. Um, yeah, Barkus into, um, into Zoraida 1, it, it went really, you know, really well for me. I mean, turn 1, it was and just... And I mean, this was only your, what, fourth game with Barkus? It was my fourth game with Barkus, yeah, absolutely. And I went into, you know, Brandon, who's, you know, got... He's don't don't let him fool you. Meta. He's just He's like the best player in that meta. Yeah, don't let him fool you. Be like, oh, I've only been playing Bayou for two months now. It's like, okay, but you've been playing Bayou off and on for you know four <laughs> years, five <laughs> years. Um, but uh, but no, turn one, like I had uh, the emissary, which he brought to remove my markers because I brought Groot Slang with Marcus, which is you know I I really enjoy Groot Slang in the Barkus list. Yep. But um. I had his emissary down to one hit point, and I won the next, you know, the next round two, you know, activation. But I, the highest card I had in my hand was a ten, and if anyone knows Brandon, he lips hot. So every he time I tried to hit him, him, yeah, every time I tried to hit him, it was he'd flip thirteens, and I'd be like, "You've got thirteens, like, dude, the you know, uh, three thirteens in a row, huh?" The lucky emissary is like the fighting laffy. It's like the ship that won't die. Yeah. You think you, do you think you got the lucky emissary like pinned down and almost dead and then it just yeets across the board, heal it up a couple and it's good to go. Yeah. Yep. It's so, exactly right. Yeah, I didn't want to invest so much, you know, so many resources into it, so I was just like, "Ah, hey, you know what? Whatever." He he ran it off into a completely inconvenient place for him, so I was like, "Ah, screw it." And I focused on the first mate and I had the first mate death like two hit points. I mean, the first two rounds were like Brandon was, he even said, he was like, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing against you. But then the cards just, I mean, it just magically switched in his favor. And I ended up losing. With Reckoning, though, I feel like Reckoning, that was kind of a lot of times a tiebreaker. Like, people would bring their elite crews, and then it's like, oh, we're kind of battling, I'm healing, we're battling. And then somebody, you know, gets a hot flip and just deletes a model randomly, and that turns the game. It it happened for me in round two, but... I mean, it sounds like it happened against you in round one. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what happened is he just, he got a turn of hot flips. He took out like three of my models in one turn and it was just, it was over. Like there's, I couldn't do enough to catch back up and yeah. neither one of us had enough to score research, the second point of research mission, which was coincidentally the same one that he got in his Easter egg. So it was it was actually it was pretty funny, but it was a great game. Like there were the I could the only thing that I could blame was the fact that he just got insanely high. I mean he was I think throughout the entire game he had eight or nine negative and double negative mod flips. And then Whoa, he had three good. yeah, three or four negative or double negative severe flips. And I was just like, What can you do against that? Where you do six damage <laughs> when you're on a double negative and I'm like, 
I played my game smart. I played my game. I would have won if the cards had been average, but they are never average when it comes to Brandon. <laughs> he does tend to flip hot sometimes. He is a lucky fun. guy. That's why he brought the lucky emissary. That's right. He's a, yeah. I, Brandon's super awesome. I love playing against Brandon. Every time I'm playing against him, it's a great yeah, game. If, it, he's one of those players where if you really want to test to see kind of like where you are competitive-wise, if you can keep a close game versus Brandon, you know you're kind of getting towards competitive level because Brandon's always going to give you a pretty good game, and he's also a player that he'll challenge you because – He'll he'll counter how you're scoring your points, and he'll also do it in kind of different ways that you weren't expecting. So he's really good at kind of uh, just a good watermark for where you are. Yeah, he um, definitely plays an out of the box type of uh, type of game. But I was also that happy need. that he uh, I was happy he beat Chris because that meant that we probably wouldn't have to play the rest of the day. So, <laughs> oh no, it came that. it came down to us having to play, and then people. Well, I mean, like, it's only six. It was I only don't want to. So. I don't want to play against Chris. So they they <laughs> did some maneuvering and they, ended they up pushing out. Brandon out of the first place because of the maneuvering they did. Yeah, I mean, but he was okay with it. Yeah, um, he was round, fine with it. Round two was also interesting. It was once again those killy type of. Uh, uh, matchups that you saw in GG1. So there's recover evidence. Those of you that don't know, that's the one where you get down to one hit point. You drop an evidence marker. Um, you put five of them out on your opponent's models. Can't be a master. And then you have to interact to pick them up, essentially. So this one was cool one, recover evidence. I don't mind that one. I don't like reckoning. I didn't mind recover evidence, though. Um, had hold up your forces, leave your mark, let them bleed, bait and switch, and then break through. This one, my freaking Easter egg was leave your mark. And I hate leave your mark. It's so predictable. It's easy to stop. I just, I hated it. Um, the other one I had, or the other one I chose though, was I actually decided to do bait and switch. Um, I played against Brandon round two and I dropped Von Schill again, Von Schill two, and he played zip one. So I was like, okay, he's going to be kind of going out a little bit. I can pick a model that I can bait and switch and it shouldn't be too hard. What'd you end up picking, Chris? Uh, yeah, things went horribly for me. Um, I went with uh, with recover evidence. You know, I was just thinking, you know, Zoe one, Dora two list would be pretty copacetic against Nexus. He dropped Nexus, and I was like, okay, all right. I mean, let's try it. Yeah. And then he brought the uh, he brought Vernon and Wells as a tech piece in it. Kind of messed up <laughs> kinda, my day. Kind of screwed you over pretty good. Yeah, he ran everything right up in the middle, and I, you know, I I got the same as Pete. I got leave your mark, and I was like, well, how am I supposed to leave my mark if he's in the middle of everything? Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, and that was the I think second time I played that that list. And well, and something funny Maybe that I third. thought. With uh, and there's two things that I think kind of can be taken away from your game specifically. Um, one, it was a tech pick that kind of wrecked you. Which, when you play a new faction and a new keywords, and Dixon, I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, sometimes somebody will tech something that you think is good, or you're like, Oh, yeah, this is going to be okay, and then they tech against you, and you're like, Holy crap, that was bad! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still want to say, Remember when I went over there to South Carolina and I played against Brandon? And I said it. I was like, I'm playing against Guild. I don't want to play Strider. I know that I said I was going to play Strider. And you did it anyways. No, no. But like the main reason was because of that. Because like I preemptively, I knew. I was like, if he knows what he's doing, and I'm pretty sure he does, <laughs> he's going to bring this crap. 
And I was like, yeah. fuck it, I'm gonna bring it anyway. And I and I put it right on the table and lo and behold, right across the table, deck piece. So yeah, you just yeah. you can't you can't like you have to play around it while you're in the table. Just take it in. Just all right. I have to kill Vernon Wells. What do I have to actually kill him? <laughs> so I was actually a little surprised, and I'll share this because I think it was a cool interaction in the game. So Brandon did end up winning this. I think it was 5-4. Um, I actually had a pretty decent chance at winning it, but just not having the reps of my crew, I missed a couple things that would have helped me get points and win. Um, I ended up bringing Lazarus in this because I knew that Shockwaves would be better than shooting at Zip until I got into hand-to-hand with uh, Von Schill 2, because Von Schill 2, you can ignore eggs. But I wasn't expecting Brandon to fight so much. And he ended up bringing Gracie. He brought um, Macho Roja. And then there was Zip. And I, and then he had the first mate. So he had like a fighting crew, right? And it was one of those things where it ended up, I get it. It wasn't Christmas land, but it felt really good. There was a turn, I think it was turn three, where Lazarus has a shockwave that does three damage if you whiff on it. So it was kind of mid to late turn and Brandon had those four models just bunched up. So I just dropped two shockwaves into them. And I think he failed out of the eight times he had to test on those four models. I think he failed five of them. So it ended up doing like something along the lines of 12 damage and he had to eat about four stones, maybe even five stones just to prevent so much damage. And I was just like, that was a pretty solid Lazarus turn. <laughs> I'm happy <Yeah>. with that. <laughs> yeah, and then Von Schill ended up eating. Oh, he, Bo was there too. Yeah, Bo ended up dying because Von Schill was like, oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. God bless. That's That sounds it, horrifying. It was, a ton, it was a ton of damage. And <laughs> I was just like, because I just had Lazarus hiding behind a house because he doesn't need line of sight. Right. So I was just behind a house just lobbing grenades out. It was pretty cool. You know, I love the model and I use it, but the internet hates him for some reason. So I don't, I'm not crazy about him, Dixon, but if I think you notice, especially playing on Vassal, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of crews out there that have some really spicy and just nasty tech or defensive tech. Yes. Lazarus is, and just in general, uh, Von Schill 2's crew Mm -hmm. has a lot of shockwaves. And I've found that shockwaves are really good for getting around a lot of that stupid tech. Yes, no, I I wholeheartedly agree, which is why I love Lazarus. Like I, I I don't I, bring him all the time though. I bring him probably maybe two out of ten games or so. Well, ever since the Metallurgist got made, like as soon as that card got released, yeah. I've been trying to fit him in. Give you three of those. <laughs> um, I also ended up bringing in that game though the Hodgepodge emissary just because you know healing and keeping Von Schill's crew up seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. MVP of that faction, that hodgepodge. Yeah, some people hate him, but I, I, in games where you need to control an area and stay alive, the hot and it's it's hard to kill. Like Chris has tried to kill it before, <laughs> several it times. Just, yeah. It doesn't go down very easy. Well, because it has the ability to heal one, two, three, but you can get a plus one on that, and it has the aura where you get to heal if you start within it. It gives you extra speed. And plus, in Recover Evidence, it was huge because I got to put Don't Mind Me on a model. So I would drop the, you know, evidence. And even if I was engaged, I could just pick it up right away. Yep. Actually, it's it's disgusting. That's the reason why SIP is so disgusting in Outcast for uh, 
anything that has to do with that because you can just give the first mate don't mind me yeah and just hop in there for like break the line and stuff and just send it yeah just like literally leaping excuse me interact get out it's like he's so dumb yeah so i'm really I, i'm really starting to find my stride with von schill too i'm not a huge von schill one fan anymore hmm. i just like how aggressive i can be with two um, yeah, often, just go right into their face oh i love it i just love <laughs> it and if not you i was telling chris this at the end of the tournament i was like when people play conservative and to the point where I can't get to them turn one, I can always just upgrade Von Schill with a rocket launcher, shoot somebody, and then pass it off to somebody and do something else. Yeah. That's like so, the best thing about him, isn't it? It's like, it is. oh, I'm doing research mission. Okay, I'm going to get a grenade build, drop a pit trap yep, over here. I did that. I did that round one. Yeah. It's just, it's, he's such a toolbox. And like, he does everything that, every other master in the faction does just a little bit worse because uh for example tara does like what five teleports a turn and she can interact as well a lot of times Banshok does two teleports you know diving charge here leap over there that's it but yeah. he doesn't so like if you need it he has the tool it's not just not gonna be as good as another master yep and round two was interesting i ended up losing that one it probably should have been a draw maybe a win if i was really you know, get my reps with uh, with Von Schill more, uh, which I am, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Uh, round three was more conventional. We had symbols. Uh, luckily, like I said, Chris and I didn't have to play, so that was all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was symbols into wedge, so it's a little more aggressive symbols with uh, harness the ley line, take prisoners, deathbeds, hidden martyrs, and spread them out. I had to take hidden martyrs, which I wasn't crazy about. But I played Zip, so obviously Earl's a good hidden martyr for that because everybody likes to kill Earl. And I yep. took spread him out because, you know, Zip can spread him out pretty easy. Yep. Uh, what about you, Chris? What did you end up taking for the symbols? I was forced to take uh, hidden martyrs, and I chose spread them out with uh, Barkus's crew again. And I went up against Shenlong 2. Which... Against your buddy John. Against John, I love playing against John. He's so much fun to play against. He is. He I haven't. Knows I actually haven't played crew. against him yet. Yeah, he knows his crew so well. It's just, it's phenomenal to play against him. But uh, you said there's not, a good, there was a good tech pick with him against your crew, though. Not even a tech pick. It's Shenlong Two. It's he. When you're within six inches of Shenlong Two, you don't get any of the actions, abilities, or triggers on upgrades. So Barkus is literally putting out all these upgrades. <laughs> You just can't get near Shenlong. You're like, stay away from that guy. Yeah, which luckily, so I kind of, I'm such a mobile crew that I spread out and went around all his, you know, flanks. You made him pick one. a direction, essentially. Well, no, and he kind of had to kind of go back and forth a little bit to four wins punch all his guys to keep up with me. So I made him overcommit to staying in the back with Shenlong, um, which helped me a lot. Yeah, my game was interesting too because I played against Jedsa, which I thought was an interesting drop for symbols. And in my mind, I was kind of like, oh, this, this should be no slam dunk game. But I kind of, there was something I overlooked and I'll tell you in a second. But it was funny because I was talking to Grant and as we were kind of going mid game, he's like, oh, you're playing this pretty well. Usually people just dive into Jedsa and then they regret it. I was like, yeah, that's why I'm not going into you because that sounds like a terrible idea. Because yeah. you've seen this before. This is a yeah. terrible idea. Sounds like you're taking advantage of a lot of people. 
So harness the ley line, Jetsa does pretty well because it actually puts out a decent amount of schemes. Um, had Alstara and Twiggy doing it. Jetsa does it with her bonus. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that I did not account for is I did not know that the Lamplighters had Don't Mind Me. And I dedicated Bo and a Skeeter to try and stop a few of my schemes from, or symbols from being picked up. But then he was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pick it up. I was like, uh, Bo has two intrigues. He's like, well, I have a Don't Mind Me. I was like, well, balls. I, uh, I guess we'll have to figure something else out. And I didn't because things were already in motion by that time. So that one ended up actually being a 7-7 tie for me just because I just, I was, the stuff that could have dealt with the lamplighter efficiently was over dealing with other stuff like the damned and some other things. And yeah, I, I just, I, I couldn't really stop it. So mm. um, it ended up being a draw, which is fine. It was the end of the tournament and it was just kind of fun to get a game in. Um, but I will say explorers are still playable. I, I think it's just, oh, yeah. I know Chris, I know Chris was having kind of uh, his little, you know, meltdown about it, but uh, as far as being playable, you can still play them. It's just whether the way they changed them made you happy or not. Bruh. It's kind of like, kind of like by you. Like I wasn't not happy with some of those changes and I just decided I was a little bored and wanted to try out gas. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I I just recently got destroyed by EVS, and uh, that was the first time I I like really got destroyed by them. Like you really saw it, dude. I got seven would <laughs> Dixon. I know. Yeah, I, EVS is right great... in front of the children. <laughs> hey, stop it! Stop crew. it! He's, our, he's yeah, already just, dead. No, no, no. This is, this, this is the worst. This is the worst part. It was Maxine one. I mean, sure. I mean, okay. No, 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 no. It was terrible. But I 100% attribute it to the fact that it was Andre. Andre from the Texas meta. I mean, he's aggro, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Like, I was the aggro one. I, I spent two turns trying to kill Kia. And he just, he knew what cards needed to be flipped. And he abused the ever-living crap out of the card mechanics of the EVS crew. And, yeah, that's how he did it. He just... The car mechanics, you have to 100% be good with the car mechanics of the EVS to make them shine. Sure. But it's so hard. I definitely saw the skill native to actually make them shine. It's 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 up there. Yeah, and they're yeah. paper thin, though, so that's the only negative aspect of the EVS crew. So EVS are great models. Like, when they work, they work well. But the yeah. problem is, is if, if you're, you know, if your opponent has anything, if as any idea of what they do and how to counter it, then they're not. I, I played against EVS a few times. This was the first time I ever got like beat bad. If, if beaten, I don't think I've lost against my uh, Maxine one before. That's how bad it was. I'm just like, what the crap? <laughs> well, and I, there's a lot to attribute there too, because I've seen matchups where I'm like, Oh, I think I'm good here, but then somebody plays it differently yeah. and you're not expecting it or something goes the way you're not expecting it and then all of a sudden it just changes the game yeah and that's just why i like malifaux in general but before we get too much into that talk i just want to do quick kind of takeaways from that tournament chris so looking at the tournament no 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 no, no, no. you can't you can't say that i had a meltdown and da 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 <laughs> I mean, I I mean, not I let me say something i mean i can't you did you said something you said let him answer let him answer 
Let let what if sure do the answer. I, I didn't mean, know you wanted to say that's something. Kind of a dick was, thing to do. I didn't know you wanted to say something. You didn't I mean, like you raise just, your hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here like what the fu- what the hell are you talking about? I had a meltdown. <laughs> no, I I yeah, explorers they're I mean they're good. They just the way that I play explorers it's not viable anymore. I played in keyword and everyone else took all these broken pieces out of keyword and that's why they changed all these good you know the good models and it really messed up how i played each of the keywords and i played in keyword so it wasn't broken the way i played it but it was broken the way everyone else played it i i will say that i played against jedsa and i pretty much avoided mikhail the whole game except for he finally got a shot off on Bo to to finish him off but was mostly dead and i told that to grant i was like yeah, Mikhail didn't really do anything. He's like, he's not that bad. I'm like, he didn't do anything. He's like, he killed Bo. It's like, well, Bo was almost dead anyways, and I brought him into the middle. He's also um, a seven-point model to his nine-point beat stick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The rest of my crew just totally avoided everything, and I'm just like, I mean, I get it. He still could be okay, but it's just he's not anywhere near he was. If I was playing Jedza, I don't know if I bring Mikhail as much anymore. Yeah, like he, he was just auto-pick yeah. before. Before he was auto included. Now you now can just avoid him. <laughs> yeah, now he's not. You can easily yeah. avoid him if you know the if your opponent makes a mistake of leaving him in the middle of their group. Yeah. Also. But yeah, I'm, so I'm if pretty... you had known about the lamplighters, don't mind me, then that game would have been completely different. So. Well, yeah. yeah if I if I knew that, I I would have just handled it very differently. And actually, the biggest thing I took away, and this is going into what I was talking to you before Chris wanted to get his two cents in. He <laughs> <laughs> can't let that go. <laughs> but the biggest thing I took away from that tournament is just thinking about what masters, now that I'm getting more reps, I'm going to drop into certain strats and schemes. And I was looking at symbols, which in in uh, Bayou, it's automatically Zip for me, just because Zip is so fast in getting the symbols, but also Zip himself is good at shutting people down. And I I think that, honestly, it sounds silly, but 12 cups of coffee not being available for Outcast to put on Zip makes Zip, it makes it a lot harder for Zip to be that denial piece as effective because you can't just remove schemes, you're not shutting down bonuses. And it really made me think like, man, I guess, you know, I guess Terra is just the better selection there in a lot of cases. Just yeah, because absolutely. 12 cups is just huge. And there's some tech picks that you can't bring that in by you are just super good. Yeah. And, and, you know, now that I'm thinking back to it, the, you know, the whole keyword and what I was talking about, the archivist and round two didn't do anything. Like didn't even get a shot off like the entire game. The only thing yeah. he did was put out the web markers for <laughs> Meredith or yeah Meredith to use. That's literally the only thing he did. Yeah, so it, it's definitely interesting, but I think that's one of the biggest things I started thinking about the tournament is I definitely, I tell you what, I, I pretty much solidified, like, Bonchill's definitely, if he's not the top master for Turf War, he's definitely in the running for it because he's just, that keyword is so durable unless you just get irreducible damage just in your face all the time. And even, and even against irreducible, you have one answer. Yeah, for one model. Correct. No, no, that's that's important to say. It's like you have one answer. So, Chris, what about you? What's one of your takeaways from playing in your first tournament with Neverborn? I just need to get more reps in with my crews. I mean, Barkus, yeah, I played four times before that, that tournament, so six times total now. 
And, uh, yeah, just more reps. I just need more reps. A lot more reps. I didn't know what any of my models did. I was sitting there looking at my cards, and I didn't want to slow play. So I just, you know, try something, and I'd be like, oh, well, I guess that didn't work. And, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, I should have done that. No, yep. and then you add in Miranda to the equation to a lot of problem solving, and it gets even more complicated. Yeah, because uh, you can you can make her any beast. You can make her any beast that cost uh, equal to or less, if I remember correctly. I yeah. know that I I almost always spring for the uh, for the 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 slug thing. What is it called? The one that has layer tokens. Bandersnatch. No, 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 no. That's the it's. I'm bad with with names. Oh, Groot slang. Groot slang. That fucking thing. Is I like amazing. to bring. So I like to bring the Groot slang because then you put the layer markers out and symbols, and you're you know all over the board. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I don't disagree. But the thing is that I I like the cats, and I oftentimes I can't fit both of them together. That's my uh, that's yeah. my issue. Yeah, I mean that makes I, sense. I like to bring the the boar, you know, Aramanthian boar. I call him Hercules. Yeah. Hercules makes it so that every one of my cats is going to make it at least, you know, to combat. I fucking love that. That's like my favorite thing about the boar. How does the boar share that? A boar uh, has a special ability. Any beast within six inches can remove a underbrush marker within six inches of itself uh, to reduce damage by two. And how many models do you have that put out underbrush markers? It's just going to be the boar, but the boar starts with one on the table, and then he can put out one or two every turn if he wants to. And then the boar can also move for free. So you're defending at least one key piece for one turn. And then after that, you can move around the table, and then he can protect himself. So he can be a backline uh, defender. He's very, very strong. Yeah, I'm excited to try him yeah. in Ulex. I've been using him in Ulex, and he has been a key. Like, he's. I, as soon as I change old major for for him, I started doing better. Yeah, I don't okay. think there was a single game that Pete never played with Ulex that didn't include old major. He's so good. That's the one that gives positives to every everything, right? No, no, he yeah. gives uh, Rams and a positive. And, uh, I don't remember it being a positive. I remember it being it's a positive for damage to the damage that. Yes, sorry. Yeah. It is to the damage. It is to the That's damage. good. That's good. Oh, he's he's fantastic. He he will get you there. Yeah, I think he's better in one than two, probably. Two seems a little more mobile. I agree with that. Because I think it's like the 10 points is just a three points too expensive for what I was trying to do. That's the only problem. Okay, well, let's definitely move in that direction. So it's kind of interesting because, Dixon, you're playing Bayou right now, which is a new... I mean, you've played him a little bit before, but you're really kind of playing them pretty dedicated I, right now yep i'm definitely focusing on them right now especially because i i like the baconator i really love mecha mimo and i'm slowly but surely uh getting my uh my grips with a hagatha you know the swamp hag version of sorida sure but uh i am and failing. you already know you already know zip correct so with zip you know i haven't actually had the opportunity to drop it because uh none of the games have uh that i've dropped i see him being a better choice against the factions that i dropped which is weird because i think he's amazing in 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 bayou with hagatha how often do you uh bring out gups never (laughs) chris was like oh she can summon gups i'm like so (laughs) yeah no i i tried don't get me wrong don't buy that box you're never gonna use it 
yeah, the, the Gupify trigger, I definitely get it out. No, in, in a turn, uh, I, I mean, in a game, I want to say that I get trigger at least three times on average. And you just don't use it? No, I, I use it in a game at least three times because she doesn't usually attack. She's mostly like drawing cards and setting up because uh, the most disgustingly powerful thing in her entire card is the trigger seal fate on her lost knowledge ability. Once per turn, choose any enemy model that yes, has not activated that's what this I was turn. Pete. Yeah. Next time it could be chosen to activate this turn, that model must be it's chosen. Like, I'm just going to make you activate the models that you leave for last Yes. first. Yes. Makes me a sad panda. And Pete, Pete's over here like, Super that gross. won't do anything to me. Well, no, the way I you... know exactly what to do. Well, no, All I'll you do is it. I'll move them a tiny bit. So, and I'm just <laughs> well, like, no. So, no, no. Vaughn, you were like, oh, I'm just going to make Von Schill go first. I'm like, so Von Schill, besides turn one, Von Schill always goes first or second, maybe. But most of the time it's first because right. I want to pass off equipment for the turn. <laughs> So he was saying, like, oh, that'd be a good way to get Von Schild to go. I'm like, you're saying ghost first anyways. Look, look, regardless of whether or not he got the right pick, that is the most in my at least so far as I can yeah, it's tell. Pandora Light. Oh, dude, it's it's it definitely Pandora Light, but definitely because you, you draw two cards when you do it. So it's like, yeah, that part of the ability about forcing somebody to activate is Pandora Light. Well, I guess it's actually a little different, right? Because you're making somebody go as opposed to saying you can't go. Well, it's also forcing your opponent because uh, yeah, Pandora saying. has to be Pandora has to be within six inches to do her bubble. I don't have to be anywhere near you to do Soritas. There's not a range on it. Yeah, Hagatha just says, "I want you to pick this model that she, is in." Buck, she must Buck send country. like the moths out, <laughs> and the moths make the person go. <laughs> it's so dumb, dude, and, and it guarantees you if you go first, it guarantees you two activations. To her activation and somebody else's. So you could also just do something where it's like, hey, why don't you make your totem go? <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I did. I uh, When I was playing against Peace, I made him activate his uh, healer first. Ooh. Yeah. So he activated. Uh, and he, had nothing he, to heal. Exactly. So he, act, he, had, he was playing Double Master. He still won the game uh, because he was playing Colette 2 and Mayfang 2. So I made him activate Mayfang too. I should have made him activate Colette too first. Let me ask you, Dixon. Yeah. So because one of the triggers lets you summon one of the puppets, right? Yeah. It's which, uh, which puppet do you find yourself summoning the most? Mannequin. I'm not joking. So not, Man mannequin. So not even one of the effigies. Uh no, no, not because they're not good, but because in most situations you want to have take the hit. That's it. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. They're healers. They're they have take the hit. And they're pretty annoying. Like they're gonna be in the way. And they can slow people down if they actually don't uh deal with them. Because they actually have a slow as an attack. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, they're really annoying. That's I was thinking about all the different possibilities too. Yeah, he was like the... we were looking at like the abilities of all the emissary effigies and we're yep. like, Oh, you'd want to bring this one and then you just bust out, yeah, just bring a mannequin. Yep. No, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I've sat down like I if if there's an important key piece in front of me, I summon the voodoo doll because the voodoo doll automatically puts a, a, a you know, bullseye on that model. It's like, Damaging OK, conditions. Oh, I bring a will-o'-wisp. Yeah. So like if you give me 
if you give me the opportunity to, to put the voodoo doll on somebody, I'm going to Will-O-Wisp it. Yep, and then after that, that model is useless for at least one activation unless you do something about it. And then you can smack your own voodoo doll to do damage. I can. It's true. I usually don't. I just keep throwing more conditions on it to make the other person suffer. Hey, do you want to be staggered? Cool. Yes. <laughs> you're staggered now. Now you're slow. Now you have injured six. Oh, you're, you're slower, right? <laughs> it's like, I hate you so much. It's like, yay. <laughs> cool. So we got kind of your your selection there. Dixon, have you been playing a lot of Brew 2? No, I haven't actually. I played one game uh, about a month ago, but then I fell in love with Mecha and uh ulix and i just i stopped playing it i guess well dixon you want to spoil what uh, next week's episode is going to be on oh we're going to be talking about moonshiner so that means i'm going to start playing some games with the moonshiner oh snap who uh who are we having on for that we getting our new our uh buddy chin chan captain chin chan he is in the vassal uh discord pretty much every day he, yeah <laughs> he a, lives in there yeah, Angel is awesome. He he's my buddy. He kicks my ass every single time we play because he's he's a ridiculously good player that likes to play jank all the time for some ungodly reason, and he does really well with it. Yeah, it'll be fun to talk with him because one, I, I do love Moonshiner as well, but two, yeah, um, definitely have have heard you say about some of the uh, interesting things that that you bring. So that'll be fun to talk, and people have fun with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got kind of what you've been bringing dicks in. Chris, we know you've been doing a little bit of Barkus, but what other key words have you been kind of focusing on? Uh, you know, Zoraida 1, Pandora, Barkus. And I was playing Euripides. Um, he's cool. I like Euripides. But uh, I'm moving over to Titania and uh, Dreamer. I'm going to start getting some reps in with them. Yeah, Titania touched me bad, and Chris is starting to do, you know, like the beautiful mind thing. Like he's seeing the connections of some of these triggers and interactions, and I and I can just see his eyes light up. It's like they're rolling in the back of his head that they just worked out the way he wanted them to. Okay. <laughs> you listen. You're not, not sure what to say to that. <laughs> well, dude, think about it. so. It, was that an insult was... or was that a compliment? No, cool. it, I like. It I don't think he knew cool. what he was doing, but he kind of got lucky. <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and that's what that I do too. too when I get into a new keyword. I kind of just I fumble into this stuff. And I'm like, holy crap, that was really good. I plead the fifth. But Chris, <laughs> well, yeah, it's Dixon's fault. But <laughs> Chris, you want to talk about that interaction we had where basically I had the pale rider up. I was playing Levy two, and I had Marlena up to soak damage, and you had an Autumn Knight, your Malasaurus Rex, and Titania kind of up there. And you just put out a shit ton yeah. of damage. Uh, so what it was, Dixon, and you can attest to this, it was, okay. I, you know, I activated Titania 2, Autumn Queen mm -hmm. first. Yep. Hit uh, hit the uh, his Pale Rider with coordinated attack twice. Um, throughout my last, my second Titania's chosen to the back Fey Knight. Okay. The front Fey Knight I uh, a, a companion into. Mm -hmm. Started beating... Uh, so the coordinated attack was with the Malasaurus Rex. I'm sorry. So when Titania activated, Malasaurus Rex moved up to engage the Pale Rider. So two coordinated attacks with that. Yep. One not coordinated attack because I just didn't have all those. I didn't have that many masks in my hand. Right, right. Um, but uh, so two two Malasaurus Rexes, and then I companioned the other uh, Autumn Knight 
And I mean, all in all, I put out four. Well, the pale rider, the pale rider. So hold on, the pale rider only had two. I think two hit points left, and whatever fate tokens I had, I had to use. Yeah. Marlena was down to two hit points because she soaked so much damage from the pale rider. Yeah. So it was like two pretty heavy beaters, just pretty much dead in two activations. And 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 I'm gonna say this, Pete. And, and I didn't Pete, even companion with the second one. Yeah, right. Pete was all like, I can't believe you did this. It's so nasty. Oh, <laughs> boo, boo, boo. Stop hitting my vagina, so, Chris. Yeah, so he was, he was whining hard. I was whining. And it was, I was just it was like, bullshittery. Right. I was like, fine, I guess I won't companion first the other thing, one and just first kill. Thing, <laughs> I, I just want to point out, Pete, he didn't do it the right way, and he still kicked your ass. <laughs> so what's the right way? Uh, you got to do the law first. Because once you do the law, you shut down their defensive trigger so they can't use their, their uh, tokens anymore. And then they just go down like a bad sack of potatoes, and their stats are one worse. So, You're a bad man. Yeah. What? Yeah, you, you use the third law. You give injured plus one in movement. I mean, in, in stun, sorry. Yep. And oh, then you... Yeah, injured yeah. and stunned, yep. Yeah, and then you can either beckon them or in the No, thorn. so the, prob- the problem is... What's is up? their riders... I know their movement seven. So if he had a thirteen, then that's a wasted AP. Okay, so you just instead took the chance with your yeah. matching. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I still against I still, the, against the riders. Alert, alert! I did have a thirteen. Yeah, against the rider. <laughs> I mean, against the riders. If he's got a thirteen, who? I will say it was nice shit. that pretty much my whole crew had like diesel stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his no, whole crew everything... had diesel stats, but I had Marlena dead by turn two. <laughs> Yeah, you killed her before she even really did anything. Maybe before she did anything, she moved <laughs> into the middle of the woods, and that's it. Yeah, that's so sad, dude. Um, well, poor so I, well, poor Marlena. But also, I didn't recognize she was size three. So really? in my head, yeah, in my head, I thought she was size two for some reason. So I was like, oh, cool, I can ride with me and drag her around with the riders. So mm. I deployed her very poorly because I thought I was just going to ride with me. But then yeah. I looked at the card. I was like, "Oh crap!" So I had to double walker into the trees just to keep up with the riders. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was, it, it was a it was a learning game, and I like that list a lot. But there, people already told me this, but obviously with Levy Two and the riders, anything that can put out stunned or you know make it where you can't do resist triggers or things like that, it's going to be rough. Mm. But it was fun. Yeah. What was the mission for that, by the way? Uh, I think we did Turf War, didn't we? Yeah, it was Turf War. No kidding. Which was yeah. not good for him because I kept. No, you just you had more APs and value. I mean, we talked about it afterwards. It was, it was it was still fun. I got to. It there was one at one point where Levy had like six or seven fate tokens, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Damn. That felt good. That felt good. Yeah, that that's definitely good. That is definitely good. <laughs> Well, because each time something dies, and a friendly model dies, mm-hmm. so even when you kill off a wave, or if you kill off an abomination you summon, right, you you get a fate token for it. So, and then when they discard a fate token, you get one. So, you end up getting them actually quite quickly. It, it's surprisingly so. Let me put it that way, because uh, this entire crew is like super elite heavy. So, you wouldn't expect it to be that easy to like do any of his abilities, but it is. It's very smooth. Yeah, it's it's a cool keyword. I I ended up 
trying out uh, Ashes and Dust with the Mechanical Rider. That was a cool little combo pick that I did because the Mechanical Rider can just throw out a scrap and that way you can push to it um, pretty much anywhere you want. And it's a 12-inch push, so it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and you do so, damage too, if I remember correctly. If you go through stuff, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was good. But so just some, capping it off since I'm looking at doing Outcast, I... I definitely have been playing, obviously, a ton of Von Schill. That's probably the master I have the most um, most games with so far. He's he's one of those masters where you could probably force him into almost any pool and you'd probably be okay. Um, I've been enjoying him a lot in, like, Turf Wars and uh, Ley Lines. I haven't tried him in Break the Line. I don't know if the AP's there for that one. Um, I've also been playing... Uh, working on my unpacking skills, Dixon with uh, with Hamlin, right? We've been, I'm always chatting up Hamlin, like or Hamlin, Dick Dixon, like, dude, how can I unpack this Hamlin a little bit better? So it there's it, just so many things you have to is. put them on the table. You literally have to put them on the table. Yeah, I agree. And I've yeah. tried a couple of different lists, and some of them have worked, some of them haven't. Some a lot of them I need to unpack quicker. Yep. So. Chris does a good job of challenging that because Chris will notice if I'm not getting out of the kind of my area of deployment quickly enough. Uh, players like Chris will do a good job of just keep sending stuff to bog you down. And then you'll notice it's like turn three and you're still not at the center of the board yet. So that's something I always have to kind of keep in mind when I'm trying to unpack crews. It's like, okay, I need to unpack faster. So I've been doing that one. The masters that I'm looking to start moving into is I'm going to try to see if I can have some fun with Tarot without feeling like a terrible person. Um, I'm also looking at Levy, both Levy 1 and 2. I think that I might have some fun with both of those. And then, um, I don't know, I've played the Vix a little bit, but I don't know how much I'm going to get into them. They're just really... He is not they're, one, they're one bad flip of having a model die per attack. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, the only models that don't have that is the Ronin. That's it. Well, in comparison, and this is why I think as an Outcast player, you have to think about it. Like, I'm playing, you know, Von Schill, and there were there was a game against Brandon. It was the game against Brandon where, I mean, he had some beaters. He had, like, you know, Mancha Roja, who can put out a pounding. I think Mancha hit me for seven, maybe one activation on Eric. Oh, wow. And Eric only ended up taking maybe two damage off that so yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things where if that was you know if that was uh the vix and let's just say that was like vanessa or somebody that's just dead <laughs> yeah vanessa definitely just dies but if it's twin blades there's a chance that attack wouldn't even get there what do, you mean good... does, what do you mean it doesn't even get there because she has combat finesse oh yeah 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 yeah. i got gotcha. you Oh, I flipped a six and a seven. Oh, that sucks. And you're like, okay, I, I cheat a, a 10. GG. Or like an eight. Because that's how stupid good they are. Yeah, I, I agree. The twin blades are good. And there's... If if I can find a pool I like dropping them into, I think I will. Because mm -hmm. I like them with the free student of conflict. It's just so good. Right? Right? I know that we talked about it before. And but the combat that was like, strategy is good, too. Yeah, the, the student of conflict being zero points is, like, phenomenal. Way better. Like, it's strictly better, in my opinion, that the average... Uh, actually, I shouldn't say strictly better, but it's, like, definitely better than the average uh, totem. Yeah, a lot of them, for sure. Yeah, yeah. because yeah, they just... You know, if you put out a scheme, you get to make somebody fast. It's good. Yep. 
Yep. And if an enemy mono puts a ski marker within range, you can discard a card and drop a friendly one instead. Like it's she's really, really strong and fast. Like she's yeah. moving six with battle tempo and I got your back. Like what the crap? Yeah, yeah battle like... tempo with that entire crew is just kinda like uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do I do like the Vix. Uh I would just have to find a pool that I would be comfortable dropping them in. Yeah. Also, one more thing about the Studio Conflict. I, I'm gushing about this model because it's amazing. <laughs> the Covetous Cravings ability, the one that gives out fast, sure. you remove the marker before you flip cards. So remember that. Because you don't even have to succeed to remove a scheme marker. So you can use it to remove enemy scheme markers yeah. in a location for free. Yep. Yeah. It's good. Good when your opponent's dropping them. That way you don't have to use your own. For sure. Yeah, so definitely excited with Outcast. They've been a ton of fun. It's been a nice break from uh, Bayou. Uh, with these new titles coming out, though, I, I am tempted to go back, but I've told myself I'm going to give it till after that Atlanta tournament in uh, Memorial, Memorial Day weekend, and then I'll decide if I'm going to start practicing Bayou again for uh, for Nova. So a lot of cool things that we're trying out. Yeah, I'm not um, going back. Yeah, Chris is. <laughs> I mean, he's probably gonna go back to like wrestlers. I I can see that. I don't think so. I think he's stuck um, in Neverborn for. A I'm having bit. fun with Neverborn. Yeah, Neverborn's That's fun. some good stuff then. Because I I I'm I'm surprised he didn't actually go back to playing. Also, um, what's his face? You repeat these two, because when you guys played that one game, you sounded happy about that model. Yeah, no, I played a couple games with uh, with Rip too, and he's, I mean, he's really I just don't really like good. Chris touching my cards. I don't care about that. He's yeah. going to touch your cards. And it's so bad. So you see him do it, right? He's yes. like, I'm, I'm going to use this rune token. And then you just see him waddle over to my deck, <laughs> look at my two cards. I'm like, and then he puts the good ones away. So you're just seeing a severe get dumped. And you're like, well, I know this one. Shit. And then too, he too severe. Too severe. So no, that times. hasn't happened as much, but it's definitely bad when it happens. There yeah, was that first game you did it, and it it seemed like almost every time you got at least one or two severes just to dump in my discard pile. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> the The only problem I see with Euripides too, though, is you still have to find a way to like they last a lot longer, which is super good. Like it keeps those it keeps their fat asses up, but. You still have to find a way like, okay, so this is cool. How am I still winning this game? So I think that's the part that you're kind of figuring out, Chris, right? Like, okay, cool. Now that I can survive with the Euripides, how am I winning the game and what pools do I want to drop them in? Yeah, I like uh, I like playing Rip too, but yeah, like Pete was saying, it's he survives, but and his crew survives a little bit better, but they're still very squishy. For 50 millimeter you know, models, they're so squishy. I'm shocked that they haven't given them at least like a health or two above their pay. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if they're like if they're like eight points, give them like nine or ten health because they're killing each other constantly, like every other duel. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. Like they're gonna do okay in any of the pools that have a lot of markers, so like research mission, uh, maybe even some deathbeds. If your opponent screws up and doesn't bring marker removal. You can make them sad by putting their stuff in ice pillars, so that's that's always cute with Dune. Well, I mean, even better with you know with Rip Two, you turn all their markers into pillars, which is really nice. Yeah, and isn't there like a trigger where you can heal you get too? Heal, yeah, you get a heal for every marker removed. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I. Oh wait, that's not a. That's not a trigger. That's not a that's trigger. Yeah, that's a. That's automatic, right? Yeah. Oh, is it just in there? It's yep. just in there. 
I just wanted to point that out. Like you guys if were talking the trigger, about. Like... Yeah, the trigger. No, the trigger is. Wait, no, it is a trigger, isn't it? No, Cause no the, the it's trigger for is... every marker removed this way. Yeah, yeah, the trigger is the the, the put a ice pillar. No, I'm talking about oh, the trigger the is putting ice pillars out. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, the healing part is not a trigger. That's what I was saying. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> the healing part is just straight up. Hey. Yeah, Ripper's awesome. It's just he's got they all got big booties, so it's so <laughs> hard to position around the map. So Chris has been like, I got to bring my fat ass through this forest, and it's taking forever. <laughs> yeah, it oh. sucks, man. So that's yeah, that's why I didn't uh, didn't play Rip in this tournament. I brought him, and if there was a matchup where I was like, oh, this might this might work out really well, I you know I I would have, but. I think it's kind of similar to the VIX where like you like it and there's some cool things in there, but you just got to figure out where you like to drop it. So Dixon, you've been playing a lot of Mecha Meemaw. What the hell have you been doing there? I abuse the ever-living crap out of Hazardous Terrain. It's what I love doing. It's good. Yeah. Throwing people in pit traps and scrap markers, huh? Oh my god, yeah, it's so fun. Like my that, favorite that thing place to is do. super sweet on her melee. Oh god, yeah. Dude, like my favorite thing to do is like Whenever something of mine dies within six inches of Mecha Mima, because I only bring robots except for Bo Peep, I drop the scrap marker right underneath the person, and the person takes a damage because they just finished an action inside a hazardous piece of terrain. <laughs> and they so immediately you... take one damage injured, and they're like, I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought Dixon, about that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. But Dixon, I know you said that the pork chop kind of it's fallen out of favor with you a little uh, bit. I had to stop using it, unfortunately, because of the non synergy that it has. Do you feel the same way with the uh, with the um, why the hell can't I remember their stupid name? The test subjects. No, no, I actually quite enjoy the test subjects. Okay, good. Why? Well, because if they're in there, and I think if they're in Sparks one, they can't choose to get injured if they're in Sparks bubble. Correct. Well, it's it's uh, not Sparks bubble. It's actually her bubble because her bubble says uh, friendly Trixie models don't get uh, affected by hazardous terrain. That's yeah. the problem. But, but you think they're still worth bringing? Yeah, uh, mostly because they they're one. They are scamperinos. Yep. Two, they're still constructs, you know, and they can get work done. You can always block line of sight to her. So that's another thing. It's not super easy, but it can be done. So, so do you like up? in general, um, do you like using her melee better and getting up and close and personal, or do you like her gun? Uh, I prefer the gun. But I prefer the gun because I can just like, okay, there's six models over there down yonder, right? I'm going to pick that one guy. Get over here. And that that's it. That's the reason. I just described 100% why I love the gun better. Get over like, here. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to literally harpoon gun with that one model all the way over here. So it's like a bad, um, whatchamacallit, lure, where yeah. I'm doing damage to you the entire time. And I love it. Yeah, doing damage and bringing them closer to yep. die to and your as, robots. And as soon as they're within range, I do tetanus shot. It's like, all right, hit you three inches. Okay, now I'm going to stone for a, a ram. Boom, hit you. Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's really cool with Mecha Meemaw. Do you find yourself ever short on cards, though? Because that's the problem I found with her. Yes, which is why I'm also switching. It's another reason why I'm also switching to the uh, to the little guys, the um, little robots, that, the fell experiments. The test subjects work really well with Big Brain Bryn. And Bryn brings a lot of card draw. And that's sure. the main reason why I do it. Yeah. Yeah, so you're still, so you're bringing him for the extra card and calculate. Yes, and whenever these guys die, they drop scrap. And when the grab, you know, when the scrap is on the floor, they it counts as you know severe, blah blah blah. And like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What I'm noticing though, it's kind of funny, is I can either have Bo Peep or uh, Sparks with uh, Mecha Mima because she doesn't really need both. <laughs> like she needs one or the other, but not both. For the yeah, the, the games that I have brought with Ma, I liked bringing Bo Peep because one, uh, early turn, especially turn one, I use Bo Peep to fling Ma up the board. Right. And then turn two on, I'm using her to throw people into the pit traps and scraps. Exactly. And you can go right through Ma too. So it's oh, like, yeah. all right, activate Bo Peep, move right behind Ma, charge through Ma, hit the person, chuck him in. <laughs> it's so awesome. Yeah, it, it's just it gets dirty real quick, and people are like, "I just hate gremlins." Yes. Uh, what what keyword are you looking to play, Dixon, coming forward that you haven't played? I mean, are, I mean, obviously you're going to get some brute two games, but have you been excited about that? Is there a different keyword or title that you're looking at playing? So Ulex, definitely. That's the other one, and that's because of as soon as I got Hercules Pig to like click with me, all of a sudden it was like, "Oh my god, wait, this is like." playing Barkas, but at rage in the arms of an angel as you would say <laughs> in the arms. yeah no it, it's kind of funny because like uh the first thing i did was like why is it that old major is not clicking and i started noticing it's like i'm standing back and i'm not moving forward old major wants to get in the thick of things yeah okay, so... right in the middle or almost right in the middle correct so I was at like, least okay. with all the pigs and I can see him getting left behind with that crazy push that Ulix does right. and just how fast the pigs are moving. And then another thing that helped me a lot was like, um, I think it was like second or third game, Maeve, she uh, recommended me that I use Maris to set oh, yeah. on fire the two uh, swine cursed. And I was like, what? Why? It's like, think about it with the beeline. And I started looking at the beeline closer. And I was like, oh, I can get a war pig out of a piglet on turn one. Oh, yeah. And then the piglet, with like one activation, the piglet will go from three health to a war pig with seven health. So that's so the interesting fine. thing with that is, I think, so, it, and this is, I played Ulix 2 before the change to the Swine Cursed. Right. But now that you can bring the Swine Cursed and they do a little bit different, but it's better. Right. is you bring two of them, and since you're not bringing Old Major, that gives you the points to bring two, bring the Aramanthian Boar, bring a Piglet or two, bring Maris, and then whatever else you want to sprinkle in there. I think you're bringing a Herder or a Slop Hauler? I'm bringing a Slop Hauler because, one, he doesn't need to take out walk actions, and two, it's more healing, because I already have plenty of healing. And you're group. using that to summon Piglets too, aren't you? Yeah. So between both Peep and the... the the because I, I don't summon a piglet every turn but sure. every other turn i just like oh i happen to have the card you know summon the piglet 
if I don't have it, then I just keep playing the game normally. But the piglets are more to annoy my opponent than anything else. Yeah. I, I love piglets. Oh, dude, like my favorite thing in the list is just suicide a three-point model for a nine-point model. I had a game where I played um, against explorers, and they dropped a botanist against me, and the piglet turned into a war pig, killed the botanist, went down the beeline, and almost killed Sitter, Sitter Archibald. Well, and the big thing <laughs> that so, I, I had trouble remembering is that whenever your pigs go base to base with a model, yeah. you can set them on fire. Yes. So that was a thing that because I, I was like my second or third game that I was playing. So constantly well, I was like, wait, I touched this model, so I have to do fire. So yeah. like end of turn two, uh, McKay was at four life on fire. Sidder was at one life on fire. <laughs> like, is, is this one of the games where they conceded to you? <laughs> yeah, he, he he's like, okay, I can't really come back from this. <laughs> Do you mind if we call it here? I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, like the pigs got lucky on, on one of the damage flips and hit for five damage severe. And the other one, I read Joker into a, uh, uh, un, what was it called? Irreducible. It was an irreducible uh, pig. Uh, the swine curse. Well, I mean, Chris, nice guy. Chris, you know, I mean, Chris, how many times do those pigs just get a random severe and you're taking like six, seven, eight damage? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not fun. Oh, there's just so many attacks with Ulix's crew. It is, it was gross. Like, my, my the most shocking thing that I noticed though is that once I was in the middle of the table with Ulix, I just make people discard three cards basically. They discard between two and three cards because they don't want to get um uh whatchamacallit adversary well didn't you say even if they take adversary yes they you, they still have to discard right so the difference is you get adversary and discard two cards or you don't get adversary and discard three cards you choose you see what i'm getting at with this yeah yeah so it's like it sucks regardless of what you do and that's what Ulysses was doing the entire time. He was like beeline that piglet into the middle of whatever the hell he needs to be. And I'm going to shoot three times because I'm in the middle of the table. And if anybody gets close to me, get me out of here. And that's all so I Dixon, did. Axe or sword, do you like uh, Do you like his bow better or do you like the pig doing damage better? Personal Ulix, bow. Everybody else, tusk all the way. <laughs> so, so honestly, with Ulix, you're finding yourself just being like, oh, yeah, I'll do one shot here and then I'll ram you with the boar. With Ulix? No. Yeah. I think I've done one melee attack the entire time, and that was because the guy was already almost dead. Okay, that's what that's what I was asking. So you're you're using him mostly for the bow. Yeah, no, that's what I said. It's like, if it's Ulix specifically, bow. Everybody else, tussle. Oh, yeah, I misheard you. I thought you said both. Uh... Oh, no, 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 no. Ulix himself bow only gotcha everybody else tusks yeah that bow is super sweet oh for sure for sure yeah i played Which one game of... against pete and it was just like Ugh. well because he was like i'm gonna engage your pig so you can't do a melee i'm like cool i can still shoot you and then i'm gonna reposition and then i'm gonna eat you with the pig there you go <laughs> that's the main reason why like the bow is just fucking sweet like it you, is. you smash into somebody with the with the tusk, whatever. Somebody's about to die. You're like, well, I got this random focus. Let me hit you for six to get it over <laughs> with. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that the comparisons of Ulix to being like Nakima are pretty accurate? I was wrong. I because I I said that too, and I was wrong. It's not. 
It's not like Nakima. It's closer to um, uh, Titania One. It okay. definitely is. It's it's not the same, obviously, but it's closer to her than it is with Nakima. Because Nakima likes to like be in the thick of it, use her two inch melee and abuse about you know her 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 big you know attributes, right? Whereas this one just likes to be at a certain range and dare people to come at her. You know, Titania is like, oh, I'm at eight inches. You will suffer unless you want to get closer. And then once you get closer, then I punish you for it. You look the same way. It's like, all right, you finally got to me. Guess what? I can still shoot you in the face, and now I'm going to charge you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that I'm trying to envision in my head mm-hmm. is, as far as Chris goes with Neverborn, I'm, I'm wondering if Chris is going to become a, a Dreamer player or not. We haven't we haven't gotten a test game with Dreamer for Chris yet. Hmm. We have not, and I don't know how well it'll go with Von Chill because you're stupid gravity well. I think he's gonna do better with Barkus once he gets it down. He's already done some pretty cool things with him. Yeah, there's yeah. significantly more synergy with Barkus than there is with uh, Dreamer, in my opinion. And there's clunkiness with Dreamer right now. And I don't, I don't just know. because of the, some of the changes. Yeah, because you have to. You, you basically have to like, okay, I'm going to remove these many cards. And then I have to remove more than two uh, cards total by the end of the turn. Because at the end of the turn, I have to discard two out of the, guys, the cards that I removed. And that just becomes like a mathematical problem that you're constantly like playing around with. It's like, all right, this many cards out. I'll just two, keep removing as many cards out as possible. Right. But like there will be a point where you won't be able to. You're going to get stunned. You're going to get slowed. There's going to be points where, you know, it's not going to be good for you. There's diversion. There you go, Pete. There's that answer. I guess, <laughs> man. He's not going to try it now. Thanks a lot, Dixon. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I'm just I tell you trying what, to I tell help what, though, him. So just, well, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're, you are helping him, though, because you definitely, I, I think he got, you know. Uh, Titania got, was awesome. And he got a, a lot semi, of energy. Yeah. He a lot has of semi boner with Titania. Yeah. No, there's a difference. I think Barkas like is I'm not gonna say better. I think Titania is tougher to kill. Like she's like the Jetsa that you liked before. Cause I I'm happy that you like the same list that I like, which was the Knights. Because I sent you, I think I sent you like three different versions of her that people yeah, play. Stat seven was annoying. Yeah, stat seven on almost everything. Knights are fucking amazing. But uh, yeah, now Barkas, I think he he has so many choices that I think he's gonna end up like being like, "Holy crap! I can actually stop your your charge if I do this instead of that," and then the synergy is just gonna start clicking. Yeah, my my goal with Outcast is to because Chris was saying like, "Oh, I'm kind of tired of seeing Von Schill," because Von Schill is super good. Yeah. So I'm kind of challenging myself to be like, "Okay, so I have that in my back pocket." That's kind of like my maw of the outcast, right? Where it's like, I can go back to that and play solid and it'll do well for me. But now I'm trying to find, you know, like my zip master and I'm trying to find my brew two master and just those other masters and outcasts where I really like them and they'll fit different pools for me very well. Mm. Yeah. Dixon, to answer your question though, I had my stupid microphone up. I saw that. I'm sitting here trying to talk and I'm like, Uh why why aren't they letting me talk? Let me talk. I just want to talk. uh, With Marcus. Yeah. I really enjoyed the, uh, the synergy with his crew and the ability to, to change up, to, to 
have an answer for a lot of different things, especially with when it came against uh, came against that game against Brandon. I you know I did Bandersnatch and I you know jumped into the first mate. So I'm like, no matter what he does, I'm still beating the shit out of him. It's awesome. Yup, that's right. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think those are the masters a lot of times that Chris gravitates to, the ones where it's very flexible, he can do different things. The fact that not only do you use the upgrades, Chris, but you can discard them to get certain effects right. So I know that's something you also liked about Marcus too a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I like he seems a little Yeah, he seems a little stronger in Neverborn, if I'm being honest, than Arcanist. Right? That's what absolutely, I yeah. There's only one difference, in, and it's a big difference. Is in Arcanist giving, cash. yeah, giving the upgrade of Soulstone Cash to specifically Miranda makes a lot of choices in in crew building significantly easier. Yeah, because now Miranda can turn into a Sabertooth cat if you need it, or if she can turn it. into some exactly, and she'll still have Soulstones. Okay. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I concur. Marcus is a friggin' beast, man. Pun intended. That dude hits. Yeah. Him and the, uh, is it the Cerebus that hit like a truck? Yes. Yep. Those Saber two tools. models, man. Yeah, and they're like right in your face. They're like right there, turn one. Yep. Large base, six inches. That's an eight-inch leap, basically. And, and then, then you they, can't, you they can't fly seven the... inches. Well, yeah, no, the well, order we... initiate pushing them, you know, pushing them their move, turn oh, one. Oh, that's right. That's right. And if you have uh, feathered wings on there, it's, it's going six instead of five. <laughs> Well, oh, seven. That, they go seven but, instead of well, six. Well, no, Marcus is only speed five. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about Marcus. I was talking about the the saber, the saber to server. Sorry, Pete. Yeah, the Cer- yeah the Cerebus and Marcus are my two like in your face models. So, God, well, they're I, so was, good. I was going to say yeah. with that though that they're just. It's not only that they're tough and they're fast and they're coming at you. But then the D, it's not a, it's not good against some crews if they can ignore it. But the fact that there's a mini gravity well there that you can't place within, so that's stopping a lot of the flying crap. But then it's also severe terrain. So if you don't ignore that, I mean, you're going to have a tough time getting into that crew because you can't leap into it. You can't, you know, charge it if you don't have the movement. So it's just, it, he kind of protects himself decently well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do get into him and he doesn't have the upgrades on him to defend himself like butterfly jump, then he does go down pretty easy. Um, yeah, Von Schill and Eric punched him in the face pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, like, the thing is, against shooting, he's effectively defense seven if you don't ignore cover and hard to wound yeah. against shooting. And then against melee, like you said, if you can mitigate the severe terrain, he's just defense six. There's nothing else. So, yeah, I usually, usually always have camouflage on him, though. So, still. Yeah, so you can't charge him. And then sometimes you'll have the butterfly jump on him. So, that's pretty good. Um, it's almost it's like a different kind of ish. It's like the uh, flesh and monsters version of Von Schill, right? They're both upgrade masters, but this one is mutating, and Von Schill's just throwing <laughs> weapons around and stuff. Grab your gear, let's go. But that's the reason why I was like talking about the the difference between the Arcanist version and the Neverborn version. Usually, you want to have the no getting charged or in stealth on the cats, or am I wrong? Do you usually just put something else? No, I usually put the camouflage on the cat and Marcus, and then I put feathered wings on Marcus and the Groot Slang. And what about the other cat, or do you only use one Cerberus? I only use one Cerberus. Ah, uh, okay, so that's the main difference. Got it, got it. 
a lot of other people are running two of them. I run two. They're good. I, yeah. Yeah. Most of the people that I've ever seen play Marcos, they play two. Yeah. I don't know. I was one. I'll ask this question because I'm kind of curious. Have you been getting any work, uh, Chris, out of your mole man? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, seen Yeah, he too came much. in big with. Uh... So first off, hidden martyrs, it's phenomenal. <laughs> you really yep. good piece. Second off, that tunneling ability to let other models do that is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I'll turn one, so I bring the Scorpius, Dixon. That's probably where our lists start veering. Um, yes, that like, Scorpius yeah. can go f itself. I like the Scorpius. Scorpius <laughs> is really good with the whole. Uh, the Scorpius models. lets you kill Gracie against Brandon. Yeah, yeah. The Scorpius is good. Yep. Um, but uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Mole man. Oh yeah, yeah but mole man. Did. Yeah, so walk up with Scorpius, drop yep. a scheme, mole man tunnel, and then any of my models basically have as much move as they want. Yep. Yep. The free eight inch for the, Dude, it's a bonus eight inch. The, That's the better nastiest, than the leap. <laughs> <laughs> the nastiest thing that I saw with the mole man is that he's four points of basically guaranteeing. Um, what's it called? Uh, the the the, the scheme research that mission? requires no. Oh yes, research mission. Yeah, he just guarantees it because he he by himself drops two markers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he drops yep, a. You need to find a random one. He drops a. Yeah, exactly. It's like all right, I'm gonna go to this random symbol of authority over here, and I'm just gonna <laughs> drop a scheme marker and a tunnel marker and just call it a day. Yep. By himself. Well, and if it's break the line, he could just do it by himself. Also, just just send him on a flank, kick the can, yep. drop the two markers, done. That's what I do with the uh, bushwhackers for Bayou. If it's a deployment where it's usually diagonal, I'll just put them next to one of the break the line markers and just kick it, drop the pit trap, yep. drop the scheme, score it on my own. Do does a bushwhacker need to pass a a duel for to drop, drop a, a trap? trap? Yes. Yeah, you need. I think it's a six. Okay, no, it's fine. I just like that's the difference between those. Two Mole models. man just puts it down. Mole man just says, "There's a tunnel marker right here." <laughs> <laughs> he just like quick action, dude, done. Dude, Colin, can I just talk? <laughs> so talking about talking about this tits too, man. So putting down a stupid undergrowth marker every start phase. Oh, it's so beautiful. It gets a little ridiculous. Bro, well, you can drop it from either her or the champion. That's I'm the like, nasty part. Why are the trees attacking and engulfing me? <laughs> I mean, oh, my champion's going to drop a, a underbrush marker right underneath I want to kill something or two inches away or closer to what I want to yeah. kill something. Like, it's well, amazing. I love it. Well, and it, it kind of reminded me, I'm, I'm a Disney fan. It, it reminded me of the older, you know, movie uh, Cinderella. You know, when all the thorns start kind of growing and engulfing the entire kingdom. Yep. Or is that, no, that's Sleeping Beauty, isn't it? Bofus. That it's is actually Sleeping Beauty. Bo- yeah, I think it's mostly in Sleeping Beauty, though. But that's kind of what it is when you're playing as Titania. You just have all these thorns popping up all over the place. <laughs> and if, uh, luckily, I was playing the rider, so I didn't care. But man, can you imagine playing a crew where you care about sever- severe terrain? Pretty much every yeah, crew going, in Guild. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Every crew in guild except Bass. That's literally you just described their plight. And the mounted, uh, the mounted guard. That's one model in guard. 
in right. one that's it like, there's marshall. one model in marshall there's one model in guard <laughs> the rest of them are just screwed in the thorns <laughs> yeah exactly it's like that'll dash all you you can figure it out <laughs> oh yeah so, so definitely a lot of fun getting into the and as we kind of keep going into these uh different factions and keywords i know people are going to be excited to hear hear about our process and like i was saying at the beginning of it especially if you're a new player do what we've been kind of doing. Start with one or two keywords. Really focus on those. For me, I've been focusing on Von Schill. For Chris, he's been focusing on Barkus. And we've been sprinkling with a couple other games like we might have. To, we might, basically, I've been doing pretty much like five games with Von Schill and then one with another master. I think that's probably a good formula to break up the monotony, but still get a lot of reps with the master that like, hey, I'm focusing on this. Let me learn all the tricks. I'll play this to kind of cleanse my palate randomly, but I'm going to focus on this. And once I have it, then I'm going to go to a new keyword. I'll tell you this, though. Chris is going to know how to kill armor models by the end of this month. <laughs> it's like almost guaranteed. With what? <laughs> because he's been killing one chill. Like he's oh, yeah. fighting one chill crew. So he just fights things that are just well, heavily I'll, armored. I will say that Chris. <laughs> Chris, you probably can agree with me here. I don't think the armor is the problem. It's the armor and the shielding and the healing. Yes. It's this trifecta that makes Von Schill tough to deal with. Well, the shielding for free is just... It's... <laughs> well, Von so Schill is in a really good place. <laughs> it gets, so it gets stupid, though, when it's like, I'm going to put the reinforced shield onto Von Schill. He kind of beats on him a little bit to get the shielding down to zero. And then I kick it off to another model like Eric. So right. Eric gets three shields for just getting this new upgrade. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's not so cool, good. man. It's not cool. Von Chill, yeah. It, when they came out with Von Chill, him working with some of the synergy of the original model, it's just, oh my god, it's so good. Chris thinks that the, the, the new Von Chill should have to discard to pass off. I do. I think there should be something. Well, there's not. I think there's the not. old Von Schill. I think the old Von Schill is still in a good place. Yeah, it's just, he is. he's a different. Yeah, he's a different flavor for sure. Oh, uh, I think the so, if I was gonna say out of the games I've played, mm -hmm. the original Von Schill I think is better if you want to you do more of the upgrade game, meaning like if you want to shoot more rockets or if you want to use more of the. Uh, upgrades and you like kind of the Swiss Army knife feature of the upgrades, that's probably the better version of Von Schill. It's a little more mobile too. He's faster. He's also more survivable. He has a heal built in so he can heal his own models up. He can trigger the uh, upgrades to use immediately when he attaches it. Mm -hmm. The new Von Schill fits my playstyle a little bit better because one, he's aggressive. You're getting upgrades by doing things. So with his up with his bonus, you'll get one of those things. Mm. Um, you'll get one of those upgrades. Usually, I'll, the first thing I put on is rocket boots turn one, just so I can get him further up the board. And then when I get my first attack, I'm trying to get a crow to then put a reinforced assault shield on him. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I'm maybe doing a rocket launcher or putting the boots back on. So there's there's a lot of different options, but his is mostly like, okay, how can I get myself offensively in there but then also how am i getting stuff passed back to my team so i'm always keeping that in mind i always want somebody with an eight where i can kick stuff back 
Yeah. And with him having range two in his melee, I yes. assume that's a lot easier. Yeah, the range two is big. The first game I played, I actually thought it was range one because it seems like it would be. Um, <laughs> the fact that he's range two, I'm like, oh, crap, Chris, he has melee two. That's way better. <laughs> Just a tad. It, it lets him lock down models, too, because his being the captain of the free core ability on the front where you ignore negatives if he's engaging them. Oh, so bad. <laughs> allows me to engage like two, three models. Uh-huh. And now if I shoot a rocket, I don't care what you have. I'm at a straight flip. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I have uh, like what happened to me when I was playing against uh, the new Nelly. Uh, I, she's like uh, opposite manipulative and I was distracted. So I just like, all right, I'll flip three cards, see what happens. In your case, you're like, no, <laughs> just no. flip the one card and suck it. <laughs> and then I'm going to cheat it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, so dumb. It, it's super good because they're like we were saying earlier with all this nasty defensive tech out there. Bonchil 2 gets around it that way. So if you have like, hey, Luck Thief with Dark Bet, or if you have um, something where I have to discard a bunch of cards, I could just, instead of targeting you with shots, I could just drop a bunch of, you know, shockwaves. Because I've actually found some ability there where if I do Von Schill's shockwave and you fail that, well, now the rest of the turn, other shockwaves and blasts, you're taking an extra point of damage. And that... I mean, Bo took four damage with Lazarus's uh, shockwave marker. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I got to say, though, like the landmines are severely, uh, whatchamacallit, underrated. Like, Yeah, so it, that that is something, Dixon, where I feel like I'm really starting to learn the little tricks mm-hmm. because I activated... And it was because research was in the pool, but also I was going against armored stuff. Right. So I, I kind of just went up there, did some damage. I put the landmines on myself. My mm-hmm. second bonus action, I put two of them out. And then right. I, I just started pushing stuff into them. Like, I think I used Eric's bonus ability to push them back into the markers. Yes. So that was really good. God, yes. And the funny thing is, like, as soon it, it's, it's it's an upgrade. You use the action, so it just passes off to somebody else. Yep. It, it's and just then you put two more out. Yeah, exactly. You can just like, all right, I'm just going to fill this entire area with severe terrain and there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. Yeah, it, it was it was super good. I definitely enjoyed it. And so brutal. That's the, And that's the fun part about this game is when you start learning the little tricks because you're focusing in on one keyword. Yep. That's the really exciting part about it all. All right. Well, anything else you guys want to share before we uh, get on up out of here? pass it's it's really cool <laughs> with his wireless headset <laughs> i know he just went off to the bathroom and just you know rubbed one out i did <laughs> <laughs> and he flipped up his mic so the uh listeners didn't have to listen to it oh that like a gentleman like a true gentleman like a true ge- <laughs> at least he went off camera <laughs> yeah. oh my God, i will say so... chris has this stupid cat shirt on and i've just been seeing its eyes over like the midline i'm like what is going on here it's a cat staring into your soul can't i you, know can't you just enjoy the cat the cat's judging you soul? for playing von Schill too much yeah pretty much <laughs> dixon what about you anything you uh you want to say before we rock on out of here um 
Thank you for everybody that has been patient with me learning Bayou. I know that I played a lot of games online against a lot of people that, you know, I for one way or another, they they actually even helped me. Like, oh no, wait, that literally does X Y Z. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Vassal tournaments, you guys are rocking it. Like, thank you so much for putting out so many like events and stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you know that's still a thing, even though COVID's you know kind of whatever. I mean, COVID hasn't been a thing in the South for over a year now. Yeah. Um, as far as restriction goes, I'm not saying it doesn't exist, obviously, but the fact that you all can still play on Vassal and you still have a pretty active community on there is pretty awesome. So I mean, even though I talk shit about Vassal, I do love that you guys are getting games and trying things out. I still think that my favorite thing about Vassal is that you get to play against people from completely different metas than you. Like completely, because yeah. uh, the first time I played against somebody from like Finland, I was like, "You guys do what now?" Because <laughs> like they they there's a German player that plays only combos, regardless of what the heck he's playing. There's a Finnish player that loves to play card manipulation techniques, so he always has card draw in every one of his uh, throws. I, I just that I love that, and it's really cool to see just different types of metas just playing. Awesome. Well. Make sure that you guys are checking us out on all the social medias. Make sure if you want to join our Discord, you can hit somebody up. Uh, you can hit me up. You can hit Dixon up on Facebook. Um, we always have a couple random people join in the chat. Somebody always says something every day. So it's not always like full of conversation. But some days I got to mute it because you all start chatting too much. And it's just like, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, all right, I got to mute the Discord. It's pretty ridiculous today. Especially you get Mark chatting. Mark loves to chat it up on the Discord. And then Dixon and Mark start spitting in Spanish. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but whatever. I don't censor anything on our on our Discord. Hey man, he, I, I enjoy speaking Spanish, and Mark also, you know, likes to keep up with it. Eh. So just get used to it. Do you just look at me like that's not what that means, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> You just called me a whale's vagina. I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, thanks for your support. Make sure that you guys uh, check us out. Getting close to the giveaway. Uh, got a new uh, goal on the patron, Patreon. So thanks for those of you that support us. But until next time, flip cards, flip lots of tables. See you all next time.